1: is Megan Ide, and I'm one of the pastors in residency here at St. Paul. This past weekend at church, we celebrated our third graders and their journeys of faith by gifting them their very first full-text Bibles. And whether you were there or not, you were part of that milestone for them as a part of this community that passes down stories of faith and the Word of God. It was really fitting, actually, that the third graders and their milestone happened on this weekend where Protestants remember the Reformation. We talk about the Reformation at church as not just this 16th century movement that began in Germany, but really as this ongoing commitment that we strive for as a Christian people. Because we hope that we might keep returning to the Word of God and to Jesus' teachings so that we might always be growing in our faith and discipleship. We hope to constantly reform and reshape how we live as children of God. So through this lens of formation and reformation in Christ, let's turn to our Gospel reading for today. These are Jesus' words for us from the book of John, chapter 8. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son has set you free, you will be free indeed. So now let's take some time here to reflect on these words from John together. No one wants to be known for their mistakes. We don't want to be remembered for the things that we did wrong intentionally or accidentally. But unfortunately, it's the actions that we like to take back that others tend to notice. For example, about a year ago, there was a story that went viral about a little Wisconsin town and its water tower. In 2021, the village of Plover, north of Madison, hired a small crew to repaint its water tower. Just a simple coat of fresh white paint with the village of Plover printed in all caps on the side. So they hired a crew that set to work. They put up scaffolding and first layered on the primer and then the lettering. And once they finished, they packed up and called it a day. It wasn't until a few hours later that someone finally called the city and alerted them to the error. Welcome to Plavore. <laughs> Somehow the O and the V stencils got mixed up without anyone noticing. And the work crew then displayed this rather large-scale mistake. So a couple days later, they had to come back and redo the paint job, this time with the correct spelling. On the one hand, you've got to wonder, how did none of those guys notice that they spelled the city name wrong? I mean, those letters are huge, and they're staring at them for hours. But on the other hand, you've gotta feel pretty sorry for the painters. I'm sure that they'd completed dozens, if not hundreds, of public works projects in the past, all done to perfection that didn't get nearly the global recognition that this did. It was just a clumsy human mistake, a misspelling that wasn't done on purpose or with any malintent but unfortunately it got displayed for the world to see. No one wants to be known for their mistakes or identified for the ways they messed up. No one wants to go down in history as the person who misspelled their city's name on a 10 story structure. But like the water tower, I bet that we could all name some glaring pieces of our past that we wish we could take back. Parts of our lives that we wish we could paint over and redo. Perhaps we'd like to travel back in time if we could and take back some harsh words that we spoke to someone else. Or maybe we'd pursue an opportunity that we passed up before. Or perhaps go back to a time of struggle and ask for help sooner than we did. Oh, the places that you and I would go if we had a do-over. If there is some kind of a magic white out for life, I'm not aware of it, and the Bible doesn't seem to have a formula for it either. However, Jesus does have some words here in the Gospel of John that we read for today, for those who feel imprisoned by their sins and mistakes, scarred by the things they wish they could take back. It's a twofold message that he offers about both. Identity and Grace, and this passage is part of a longer dialogue that Jesus has with his disciples and some of their fellow Jews, and it starts out as a conversation about who Jesus is. Jesus declares himself to be none other than the Son of God, begotten from the Father in heaven, as well as the Son of Man, the light of the world." He is the link between God's story and humanity's story, the bridge between the Father in heaven and God's children on earth. And so in this little bit of dialogue, Jesus explains how it is only by first understanding who he is that then we can begin to understand who we are. Who we are and how we see ourselves is all wrapped up in who God is and how God sees us. And Jesus is that keystone holding all together. This is where Jesus then pivots to the second point, that because he is the link between us and God, nothing can ever separate you from God. Nothing that you or I ever do or say can overshadow our identity in Christ. We are not enslaved to our mistakes or defined by the sins of our past. But instead, we are forever children of God, redeemed by God's love and goodness. No one wants to be defined by the darkness of their past. And because of Jesus, no one has to be. Sure, we all have to reap wrestle with the repercussions of our actions, but Jesus offers us a clean slate each and every day to make amends and to pursue second chances, knowing that no matter what, we are always loved by God. But again, it's only by first understanding who Jesus is that then we can begin to grasp who we are and the grace that we have through Christ. That's why Jesus' commandment in this passage is simply abide in me, remain with Jesus, hold on to his words and his presence. Abiding in Jesus is kind of like coming home every night to the same place, some place that's safe and comfortable, a place where no one feels judged but instead accepted so that no matter what kind of a day you've had, if it's filled with blessings or riddled with mistakes, that you have a place to come home to where you can release any breath you've been holding and just be resting in the grace and love of God. That's what I believe that Jesus means when he says, abide in me. It's no surprise that this text and that the reminder to abide in Christ comes up on this weekend in the church calendar every year where we celebrate the Reformation. The Reformation was this 16th century movement about reforming or reshaping the practices of this church to be more authentic to who Christ was and to who Christ calls us to be. The Reformers were protesting the church's practices that were self-serving rather than Christ-serving, mainly the sale of indulgences or these sin forgiveness certificates. And while indulgences might be a thing of the past, there's plenty of other ways that the church and the people in it can continue to reevaluate and grow in the ways that we follow Christ. We can all do better to abide in Jesus and to accept his teaching for us. That's part of embracing the infinite and the beautiful gift we've been given that is the grace of God. We honor God's gift and unconditional love by using the clean slate that we've been given each day to be stronger disciples. Our sins may not define us, but they do inform us on how we can redirect our paths and follow closer in Christ's footsteps. I want to show you another image here that I think beautifully captures this idea about learning from the past in order to more boldly step into the future. And it's an image that comes from a little country of Ghana in West Africa. It's a drawing of a bird called sankofa. Sankofa is a composite of the words for to go back and get. You can see how the bird's feet are pointed forward as if it's moving forward, representing how it's going ahead into the future. But yet at the same time, its head is turned backwards, and it's trying to grasp this little stone or pebble-like thing in its beak. And for the people of Ghana, this symbolizes how we got to go back and recover the gems of wisdom from our past so that we can understand how to put our best foot forward in the future. I kind of wonder if the painters from Plova were to practice Sankofa. I imagine that maybe they would think back and maybe learn a thing or two about order of operations and double-checking those stencils before they applied the paint. For the reformers in the 16th century, their version of Sankofa, or looking back, was to go back to the teachings of Christ as written in the Gospels before then moving forward with their ministries. They recognized that the gift of God's grace is a lot more powerful and a lot more accessible than leaders at the time were teaching. So, well, today, in the spirit of Sankofa and in the spirit of the Reformation, I hope that we, too, might take a little bit of time to go back and get. That we might look back and learn a thing or two about our mistakes and about places where we've strayed off the path that Christ has paved for us. Only then can we really correct our ways and truly embrace God's gift of grace, that gift that is freely offered to us by Jesus. So may the darkness of our past mistakes lead us into the light of Christ. Sankofa. Go back and get. Amen. Let's pray those words that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And friends, please receive this blessing into your hearts. May the Lord bless you and keep you, filling and renewing you with grace and abundance. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you, gifting you a clean slate to keep learning and growing. And may the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace, So that you can come home to the safety and love of Christ every night. Amen.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way, you feel a part. Of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.